We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And the NBA playoffs, Jason, are coming to a head. The Phoenix Suns are in the NBA Finals for the first time since John Paxson broke their heart in 1993. Uh, in the East, we have a suddenly interesting 2-2 series. The Bucks and the Hawks, both without their stars for who knows how long. Giannis and Dedekumpo, uh being ruled out of Game 5 after sustaining a really scary knee injury in Game 4. Turns out, fortunately, there's no structural damage to his knee. Uh, there's still no definitive timetable for his return. We don't know if he's going to you know, return in this series, possibly. We don't know if he's going to return in the NBA Finals, if the Bucks can make it that far without him. And then the other side, we got Trey Young, who's out with a bone bruise. He did everything he could to play in Game 5. Uh, that was a really critical game. Or, I'm sorry, Game 4. That was a really critical game for the Hawks because they were down 2-1. to one. you got to think that, you know, the Hawks were totally overmatched coming into that game. They come out and they just punch the Bucks in the mouth, take the big first half lead. Then Giannis gets hurt like midway through the third quarter. Bucks go on to win that game in a blowout. So Suns are in the finals. We know that. Bucks and Hawks. I mean, if you were going to say that Giannis and Trey both aren't going to play the rest of the series, who do you favor in that series, Jason? Uh, I feel like maybe the Hawks. I mean, the Bucks have just been super weird. How like uh, with Chris Middleton and Holiday and Drew Holiday? I feel like have just been like just hot and cold all over the place. Uh, I mean, I mean Middleton. A couple games ago, he had what twenty points in the fourth quarter, thirty-eight total, something like that. And then last game, he was like zero for seven from three. He was terrible. Holiday has been like a slightly better version of Eric Bledsoe in these playoffs. So like, the, I mean the Hawks dominating the Bucks last game with with Giannis without Trey with Giannis until whatever the end of that third quarter was shocking, uh, I guess but not not maybe not that shocking because I feel like everyone was like oh crap Trey Young's out 
But then everyone's like, you know, like I won't put it past the Bucks to just lay a complete stinker, and they did. Just like it, they're just you just can't trust them at all. So like, I mean, theoretically, it should be the Bucks, but like, I feel like I would kind of lean towards the Hawks. Maybe it's the Bucks just because of home court advantage. Like maybe the Bucks win the two home games and this goes seven. Like I think it could definitely go seven at this point. Uh, I just I can't trust the Bucks, even though they 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 pulled out that net series. Uh, I just can't do it. They they just they're just so all over the place. They go from losing game one, then they win game two by whatever thirty something. They get the big fourth quarter in game three. They lay the egg in game four. They're just all over the damn place. And the, obviously the the coach Bud factor as well. It's just I, I don't know. The series is just all over the place. Yeah, it's like the Bucks should probably be the favorites if everyone was healthy right now but of course no one's been healthy the entire playoffs sort of the biggest storyline of the regular season was all these injuries in the wake of the short offseason coming off the bubble that has just been totally accelerated in the playoffs and I wrote something for SBNation.com on all the injuries in the playoffs this was like in the first round I feel like we've gotten like four or five more super significant injuries since then uh, most notably the conference finalists with Kawhi going down uh, with the potential ACL injury. They still, I don't think, ever said the the full extent of that injury. Nope, they did not. not. <laughs> obviously, Trey and Giannis. So, you know, Bogdanovich has been a little banged up, too. He looked great last game. Uh, when Capilla got hit in the face. I know he's he's playing in this game tonight. Well, obviously, this, this podcast will be up later tonight after that game's over. But Capella got elbowed in the face late in that last game. I think I saw some stat where it's like 10 All-Stars have missed time in these playoffs. Some crazy amount like that uh, guys have missed time. The Kawhi thing is super weird because uh, I was reminded of this recently that like when he got hurt, like it didn't look that bad. He was like kind of messing around with his knee like after it happened. And like after the game, he was like, oh, you know, I'm good. And then we just like, I don't think we've like heard from him since or like heard anything concrete other than like, AC sprained knee, like possible ACL, but like we don't know if it's torn. We don't know like exactly what it is. They just kind of stretched it out. Like I like I wonder if that's gonna be kind of what happens with Giannis. Like they won't actually like rule him out at all. Like I'm who because I have no idea. Like, the way Giannis went, like that injury looked like he was gonna be done for the year for sure. We're lucky that like, no structural damage, which is good. But like it just looked like an injury where like you're not coming back anytime soon. And, like, the Kawhi thing turned out to be kind of similar. So, like, I wonder if we'll see that with Giannis as well. But that does definitely – the injuries have definitely put a little bit of a damper uh, on these playoffs. Even There have been a lot of good games. But it's just, like, when so many teams are missing star players, it just definitely does not quite as, uh, as fun as it could be. Yeah, I will say when Giannis got hurt in that last game, I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't want to tweet about it anymore. I'm just sad for Giannis. And there were some cool things happening. Uh, I thought Cam Reddish played really well for the Hawks in his first return to the court since February. I've been watching Cam since he was an elite-level high school player before he went to Duke. And he's someone who's always been like kind of erratic and unsteady in his play, but always super talented. So it was good to see uh, Cam show up and ball out a little bit in the playoffs. thought Okongwu, Yineka Okongwu, who was the sixth pick uh, this past draft, rookie center for the Hawks, that he looked really good, too, in some of his limited minutes. So lots of good stuff going on for the Hawks. I think you're seeing their depth really uh, pay off for them. But on the flip side, we have the Suns in the championship, in the finals now, off 
just a brilliant vintage Chris Paul performance. So Chris Paul, the entire playoffs coming into that game yesterday, had made 10 threes the entire playoffs at a 29% clip. He had an injured shoulder. He looked very reluctant to shoot threes since sustaining that shoulder injury, which I believe was in game one of the playoffs in the first round against the Lakers. Uh, you know, he had a good outside shooting season during the regular season campaign, but uh, just, you know, didn't look like he really had the confidence or the strength in his shoulder to be a long distance shooter coming into that game last night. In a do or die game six situation, the Suns with the opportunity to close out the series. Chris Paul's been in this situation before. He knew the last thing he wants to do is go into game seven with a young team, given the Clippers two wins in a row. So what does Chris Paul do? Plays basically a brilliant basketball game one of the very best of his hall of fame career goes seven of eight from three-point range totally dominates the game in the third and fourth quarter uh to punch the suns take it to the nba finals so it's an incredible story that the suns are here i'm bringing this up because i want to give a shout out to our boy mark from the bulls hq podcast mark was really beating the drum for the bulls to get cp3 I don't really remember what my response to that was at the time, if I was in favor of it or against it. Well, if I was even mildly against it, I'm a complete idiot because E3 has fully revitalized Phoenix. They didn't even really give up that much to get him to, uh, you know, to- it was Kelly Oubre, a first round pick in Rubio, I think. Yeah. So not you know, much. very good deal, I think for Phoenix, obviously just a, just a grand slam in every regard. And, uh, CP, while they had something building there, obviously 8-0 in the bubble last season, CP has really like taken them to the next level. And you don't want to give them all the credit because, uh, you know, the the Suns did have some great young players, most notably Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. And then, you know, you signed Jay Crowder, you had CP, you find Campaign on the bench, who's just been instant offense for them, former Bulls legend Cameron Payne, that is. Etwan uh, Moore, <laughs> yeah, Etwan Moore, Frank Kaminsky. They got a lot of guys there, but uh, just an awesome story for the Suns. And man, dude, wouldn't it be cool if the Bulls could uh, could just find their superstar to take them to the next level this offseason, the same way CP did for the Suns? I don't know if there's going to be one available, but uh, the parallels between maybe the Bulls with both the Suns and the Hawks are pretty interesting. Yeah, I was tweeting about that last night. Like, obviously, the Hawks have their superstar point guard. I know we've talked about comparing, like, Zach with Trey and Booker. Trey is way different because he literally runs the show, whole show and uh, is just as a point guard. But just having that superstar point guard. And then the Hawks have just a ton of depth, a bunch of just really good players around Trey. You got your defensive anchor in Capella. You got uh, shooters with Kevin Herter. Uh, with Bo- Bogey, They're, they don't even have DeAndre Hunter right now. He's another injury. He's hurt. Just, they just have so many good players around their superstar. And like the Bulls have, they have Zach, who's awesome. And uh, first of all, sh- I will talk about this in a bit. Shout out to Zach Levine, Team USA member. Again, we'll talk about that a bit more. But they have Zach, they have Vooch, and then just like not much else. So like I tweeted how like the Bulls need to get their all all world point guard and then like five or more like really good players. Uh, and then maybe they can pull off like a, a Suns Hawks thing because the Suns have been dog shit. The Haw- I mean, both teams have been dog shit for the last, uh, I mean, for a while, for the last few years now at least. The Suns, I think I saw the stat was like a 300 winning percentage uh, in the last like five years before this season. They get Chris Paul, they get some development, and now they're in the NBA Finals. 
Uh, they have a great coach as well. I mean, the Bulls have a solid coach. I don't know if he's on the level of like Monty or anything like that, but uh, the Bulls obviously have a lot of work to do. That's something we've talked about. Like, can they make that leap? It's like, well, can you get that top level point guard? Like, I, I don't think Kyle. We've talked about Kyle Lowry or like Mike Conley as like the top point guard options. They trade for like Malcolm Brogdon, like guys like that. Even if they got Lonzo, like those those guys aren't gonna totally or transform your team like Chris Paul. Obviously, a guy like Lowry, if he actually stayed healthy, I think could help make the would help the Bulls jump a decent amount at least. Again, I don't know if the Bulls are any have any interest in going and paying for a guy like him, or if he has any interest in coming here. I guess back to the Chris Paul thing. Uh, I think when we talked about it, I feel like we were like, sure, like, why not? Like, maybe kind of lukewarm on it. But, like, because obviously we all know, like, the Chris Paul contract, it was a big talking about, oh, it's the worst contract in the NBA. No, why would anybody want this? And then he was kind of dispelled some of that last year with the Thunder. And now he's, like, even better this season with the Suns. So, like, that's all out the window. But I think at that point we were like, you know, like, yeah, like, they need a point guard to be a decent idea. But, like, like what are we going to give up to get him? Blah 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 blah. So I think it's like we were we were kind of for it, but had question marks. Our guy Mark that you shouted out was that was all for it. He wrote this whole long thing about the Bulls need to get in on this. Who knows if Chris Paul had any interest? It seemed like there was Paul and Booker. I think had like a prior relationship. Uh, I guess CP3 had like the Kobe White thing, right? Aren't, they're really tight. Is that right? Yeah. They, well, Kobe played for his AAU team. Yeah. As did Wendell Carter. Yeah. So like, I'm not sure like how much like if if, like, CB3 was, like, locked in on the Suns, or, like, if the Bulls, like, would have gone hard, like, after that trade, like, would CB3 have rather have come to the Bulls? Like, I mean, they have a Zach guy like Booker and a guy like Kobe White, who CP3 has been kind of a mentor. So I do wonder. I, there was never really any reporting that the Bulls were, like, all in, or not even all in, just, like, even interested in all in Chris Paul. I feel like there was nothing out there. Uh, so who knows? We obviously know AK does kind of go under the radar, with his moves, who maybe they did try to look into him. Maybe CP3 preferred uh, to go to Phoenix. Maybe that's just where he wanted. It. He thought they were more ready-made to win. Maybe uh, in hindsight, the Bulls definitely should have got, put a full court press on Chris Paul. We saw how they they need that point guard. They need that guy to help uh, run the show there. But um, that's obviously hindsight. So now looking forward again, as we said, they need a, they need a lot more talent if they want to make this kind of jump. They do have some there. I think we both agree that Zach. If he's not on book, Devin Booker's level, he is very close. We know, we've talked about how good Vooch is. Uh, the Suns, they are they have a team that is deep. They have a team that is very versatile. So, like, uh, I mean, maybe, like, Patrick Williams can – I mean, he's not going to be – he can be, like, their Jake – the Bulls' Jay Crowder. Uh, you need wing a wing like Michael Bridges. That, just that versatility. Just, the Suns' lineup is just so, so versatile. They have scoring. They got the guards. They got dominant center. They have three and D guys. Uh, the Bulls need like multiple more players to be able to put together together lineups like that, and uh, basically just a lot of work to do for this front office, as, as we have uh, reiterated time and time again on this pod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But if you did want to build a rough facsimile of the Suns as the Bulls going into this offseason, all pro sports are copycat leagues. Jason, me and you are old enough to remember when the Rams were the greatest show on turf with oh, yeah. Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Corey Holt, Az Zaire, Hakeem in the slot. What a team that was. Marshall Falk in the backfield. And then the next year, all these NFL teams were like, well, maybe we should run shotgun and have a slot wide receiver instead of a fullback. All right. So just like extending that similar type of idea of a copycat league to the Bulls from the Suns. Booker and Levine. Pretty similar. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, the only place you can really prove yourself is the postseason. But the same questions Booker faced throughout his career when he couldn't lead the Suns to the playoffs are the same questions Levine is facing now. The talent is obviously there. Both score first guys have been you know, accused of being poor defenders, empty calorie scores, all that. But the natural talent level, you can't knock. So, Booker Levine, that's an easy one. Uh, Patrick Williams and Michael Bridges, not a perfect match by any means, but both young wings selected in the lottery, both known for their defense. I think Michael Bridges is a quicker perimeter defender. I think Patrick Williams is a bit of a superior rim protector. Now, Michael's gotten good at certain aspects of the game, like Transition offense. I didn't really think Michael would be a great transition scorer when he was coming out of Villanova, but he's become a very good one. Perhaps more importantly, Michael is a much more confident three-point shooter than Pat. Pat has a slow release on his jumper. Seems like he gets in his head a little bit when he misses one or two. Uh, Michael's not that way. Michael will just let it rip. And he's someone who doesn't need the basketball in his hands to make a big impact on the game. If you look at Michael Bridges' usage rate, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think it's like 15% or something. Yeah, it's definitely not high. Pat was even lower than that this year, but hypothetically, Pat could get to a level where Bridges was at this year. All right, then at center, Aiton, total monster, uh, automatic offensive scorer, of course, a young player who went number one overall in the 2018 draft over Luka Doncic, over Trey Young, and at the time, there was major questions about him on the defensive end. Well, he has really answered those questions in his third year in the league and has become a great defensive player. And really, his interior scoring is just a mismatch nightmare for so many opponents who try to go small. Uh, the Clippers saw that up close and personal. He was just punishing their small ball lineups. He was also just too good for Zubac, too. So, you know, the parallel there, obviously, Nikola Vucevic uh, at a different stage of his career. He's in, he's 30 years old, uh, but he's someone who is a beast as an interior scorer. And there's just not going to be a lot of guys who can match up with him from an interior scoring perspective. Defensively, I think that, uh, you know, Aiton doesn't set the bar too, too high. At least he hasn't to this point in his career. He's gotten a lot better, no doubt. But, you know, Vucevic might be a little better defensively than people give him credit for. So there we have 
three nice little parallels between the Bulls and the Suns, right? Who's the Bulls CP3? Who could possibly serve that role? I mean, there's no one better than Lowry. I think Lowry, in a lot of ways, has sort of embodied some of the same traits that have made CP3 so great, uh, while just not being of that cut, right? Like, CP3 is arguably one of the greatest point guards ever. I mean, he, he is not arguably point he guards is. ever. He is. Yeah, I was going to say five. he's arguably the greatest ever, but I don't think you could put him up there with Magic. And I think, you know, Steph has passed him. People always argue Isaiah Thomas versus right. CP. I'll go CP in that all day. But that's just sort of, uh, you know, his Pantheon level placement. All right. Well, Kyle Lowry is a stud. Kyle Lowry has been one of the more underrated players in the league for a long time. Much like CP, uh, he's a menace defensively despite He's an agitator. He's and- an agitator. He's a good outside shooter. Uh, and, yeah, while he might not be quite the facilitator CP is or the mid-range threat CP is because no one is, I do think that if you're trying to find your, like, rough equivalent of Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry is probably about as close as you can get in terms of a veteran point guard. So, uh, yeah, I am talking myself into (laughs) give me Kyle Lowry and let's just run this thing. And then, you know, the Bulls still would have work to do. Obviously, they would, you know, they need another wing. We've been talking about this for so long. Uh, The Suns went out and signed Jay Crowder to a good deal. Crowder, you know, played a pivotal role in getting the heat to the NBA Finals in the bubble last year. That was a big upset. Now doing the same thing for the Suns, just providing spot-up shooting and defense and toughness and veteran savvy. That's what you need in that role. The Bulls need to, you know, scour this marketplace, find a guy who could be like that to play next to Pat as another wing. Uh, But as I go through this, there are some decent parallels between the Bulls and the Suns. The Suns also ended up having a very good bench mostly patched together with guys who weren't even in the league, like Cameron Payne. Tory Tory Craig. Tory Craig was, you know, cut. Uh, Saric. Saric. Probably their one rough spot is backup center. Saric but, plays backup center for them, basically. Saric plays backup center for them. Kind of a Frank, Frank did too, failed lottery pick, but he, you know, didn't really live up to his full potential as a former lottery pick. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a bench that's just patched together. Why can't the Bulls do that? Jason, Pat, why can't they sign Kyle Lowry and make a Suns-like leap up the Eastern Conference standings next year? Why not, Jason? Uh, I don't know if he wants to come here. <laughs> uh, or if the Bulls have enough money to pay him. Right, yeah, obviously. We've talked about like how much Kyle Lowry will command. I mean, I think we've both guessed, like, Short-term deal, for sure. I mean, he's 35. He's he's like right around Chris Paul's age, maybe a year or two younger. Uh, probably something in the 20 to 25 million range would be, I think, was our guess. Uh, which, like, to get there, the Bulls would have to clear out. Uh, I'd have to do – I'd have to look at the numbers again. But obviously, you're clearing out probably, like, Thad. At least one of the – at least one of Thad or Sato. Obviously, Lowry's going somewhere else. Uh, probably losing Daniel Tice. Uh, a lot of it could just depend on how much Lowry's going for. I mean, you know, there'll probably be team, other teams, the, the other teams that were trying to get him uh, at the at the trade deadline will probably back in on that. Like, the, I mean, the Heat seem like the whole Heat culture thing would work for Kyle Lowry, and uh, I mean, the Sixers 
depending on what what the, what they're going for there. Uh, uh, who else was in that? Was it the Lakers? I mean, obviously the Lakers always think they're in everybody. Uh, the Knicks will have a lot of money. So, like, I'm sure all those big teams will also be looking at Kyle Lowry. I guess he could also end up going back to the Raptors. Uh, I'm not totally sure if he does. I mean, we're not really sure what the Raptors are going to do. They moved up to number four in the lottery. Uh, there have been rumors about, like, maybe a little retooling. We'll see what happens with, like, Siakam and stuff like that. So, like, but I wouldn't rule out them either. So, like, there would be a lot of, obviously, a lot of competition for Kyle Lowry. Uh, so, basically, I think that might be the biggest thing stopping them. I think if the Bulls really wanted to, and we've learned this, I think, feel like, in the NBA, if a player really wants to go somewhere, they could end up getting there. Almost like if they, with cap space, it's like almost fake. You work out something, you work out a sign and trade, something like that. The Bulls could find a way to probably get the money. It's just a matter of, I think, if do they actually want to, and if he actually wants to. I, I think I'd be totally fine with Kyle Lowry. Like I, I don't know if I'm talking myself into it as much as you, but uh, I mean, if you're going with the with them like accelerating their timeline here, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry in a short-term deal makes sense. It's not like you're going going out to give him like four years, like hundred, like thirty million a year. Like short-term deal, you're trying to be good right now and finally make a jump in the standings. And Kyle Lowry would help a lot. Yeah, if you could get a two-year deal that lines up with the end of Vucevic's contract, hell yeah, bro. I don't really know how they're going to do it. I it's going to be tough because they probably need to operate as an above-the-cap team. If they operate yeah. below the cap team, for them to get Lowry, they just have to lose too many critical pieces. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Like, are we looking at a situation where they trade Thad Young? Are they are we looking at a situation where, uh, you know, you package Kobe White in a deal? And Kobe White's labrum injury is just like it's really underplayed yeah. in terms yeah, of the off season projections for trying to figure out what the Bulls are going to do this summer. Kobe was going to be a big piece of their future, either as a trade chip or as just someone who, like, could have some value to them as a sixth man, maybe as a guard with Vucevic doing more of the playmaking. And Torn Labrum's a terrible injury. He's going to miss all the training camp. I bet he's not playing opening night. I bet that he's still rehabbing at that point. So it's just... Um, yeah, the, the most optimistic timetable is that he's, like, back right before opening night. So you figure that that's not going to be a thing. I think the expectation should be that he misses the start of the season. If he comes back, great. I feel like you have to expect that he's going to miss sometime. So, yeah, I think that given what the Bulls did with the Vucevic trade in terms of, like, basically... Selling off two draft picks to get this 30-year-old veteran who's got two years under contract at a pretty definitely below-market-value deal. Yeah, go get someone like Lowry. Or make an aggressive move and try to find another point guard. I saw uh, our boy Mort at Forbes today, I believe it was at Forbes, wrote that the Bulls could potentially go after Goran Dragic. Uh, Dragic, last we saw him healthy, was very good in the bubble for the Suns, so, uh, you know, maybe that's a move they could make. He wasn't quite as good this season, but, you know, veteran point guard, similar idea. Uh, uh, I was going to say, I, we've talked about Dinwiddie, too, and I, th- I don't know if it was ESPN. I don't know where the trade, uh, tr- whatever, trade ideas, obviously everyone does them. There was some trade idea out there. There was, like, Thad Young. It's like a three-way trade, Thad Young going to the Nets, uh, and you, like, sign and trade for Dinwiddie. I mean, I think that was something I was kind of thinking about before the trade deadline, 
uh, just to have, just to get, obviously didn't what he was hurt. He had the ACL injury, but just to get him in and then you sign him for whatever long-term. I mean, I'd be interested in that. Like the Thad thing is, is is kind of interesting. Like, do you think the Bulls can rely on Thad having the year he had last year? Like he's the thing. He's really good. He's a great veteran to have around. I think you do have to worry about him taking a step back. Like him with the Nets, I think would be really awesome as like their small ball center, uh, just throwing passes to all their shooters. Uh, so like I thought I was kind of interested in that idea because I think it was literally just like I don't think the Bulls were giving up anything else in this proposed trade. It was basically just you're signing and trading for Dinwiddie, Thad's going to the Nets, and I think like the Thunder were involved in uh, getting another pick somehow. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I don't know. I think Dinwiddie would all, is also another name that would make some sense. If you think if you're not worried about his ACL and then what I think he might be a little overrated. If you look at his shooting numbers, they're not that great because I think he just takes a lot of wild shots. But like he still is pretty damn good and would obviously be an upgrade for the Bulls. Yeah. So what kind of money is Dinwiddie going to? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's looking for like 20 million a year. But the deal he signed before this was like pretty much a bargain. I feel like I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but. Yeah, I mean, if they could get him for not totally breaking the bank, coming off the injury, I think Dinwiddie would be pretty interesting. Uh, I really liked Dinwiddie when he was healthy. I mean, if you remember, before the net, in that last season, before the Nets got KD and Kyrie, Dinwiddie was just taken over. Or it was when Kyrie and KD were hurt. I'm sorry, the first year. Two years ago. Signed with the franchise, yeah. This last season. Dinwiddie was awesome. He was like a big-time closer in the clutch and just a guy who could get a bucket in a pinch. So I would be into Dinwiddie, I guess. Uh, he is kind of slow, but he's big in terms of defensively. How does he pair with Zach in the backcourt? Uh, I don't really know what his reputation as a defender is, but I would say he probably can't be considered a plus defensive player uh, just given coming off the injury and some of his, like, mobility concerns. So I would be somewhat into Dinwiddie. Lonzo's another one, of course. We've talked about Lonzo ad nauseum on this podcast. And, yeah, I'm just curious, you know, what what about the Hawks? Do you think there's any team-building philosophies the Bulls can take from the Hawks this year? I mean, the Hawks, they got Trey Young, and then they got some cap. And they, I mean, they've obviously they've drafted a ton of young players in recent years uh, with Trey, with DeAndre... Uh, Hunter with Cam Reddish with they, did they draft Kevin Herter? I think so. Of course, yeah, nineteenth pick, just like John Collins. Yeah, so and they John Collins, obviously. I mean, so they've just spent time drafting a lot of young players. They nailed Trey Young as their superstar, and then when the time was right, they had cap space and they added a bunch of veterans with with Bogey, with Gallo, uh, and who else did they sign? I mean, they obviously I think they signed Rondo and Chris Dunn. Uh, those guys don't matter as much, but you build up these young guys and then you get the right veterans in there and you have your superstar in Trey Young. The coaching change obviously was huge for them. Uh, and there you go. And now they're really good. And like, I think, I feel like I, I don't, I can't remember if I said this before, but like, I mean, it shouldn't be that surprising that they are just like, like in these playoffs have been really good because if you go back to after they changed coaches, I mean, they've been playing at like a 700 winning percentage since that. So it's not like they're, They've been playing at a really elite clip for a long time. It's not like they've come, kind of come out of nowhere with this run, like as the five seed. Like their forty-one and thirty-one record, you're like, oh, like 
this team isn't that good, blah, blah, blah. It's like, because they started like crap. They changed coaches. They got healthier. And now they're really fucking good. And they've been good for a long time. So, like, they're really damn good. So, uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, so I, I mean, I know I think it was a, I think it was Seth Parton I was talking about that with the Hawk, with the Suns yesterday. And just, like, you mentioned the copycat stuff. It's like, what are you copying? It's like, I mean, you just, you got to nail, you got to get, you get a you nail a superstar. A, the Suns, both the Suns and Hawks, got have at least one superstar through the draft. The Suns, you could say, have two if you want to consider it. In that, the Hawks got Trey Young. I mean, Collins and all these other guys are other really good players. And then you complement them with really good veteran players. Uh, and that this, whether it's through trades or free agency, it's just getting good damn players. So it's like there's really not one like right way to build a team. Like whatever you can tank. You can do what the Sixers did, and they got two really good players, and they've had other good players, but they've fallen short due to some unluckiness, due to guys not developing. Uh, you can do the super team building route, like the Nets have done, or like the Suns and Hawks have kind of done, like, the, uh, I guess the Suns did kind of, t- I mean, both teams have been bad, and like, did kind of build through the draft, but it's not like, I don't know if they were necessarily tanking. I think the Suns kind of were tanking, so like, they've done kind of like a mix of both. Ultimately, you still need good young players. Turn get one of those stars, and then uh, you got the veteran players as well. Is what they've kind of done. So like, kind of a mix of both, I guess, and not like a full blown tank. Like, the, they, like they weren't full process, but like they did good. They did kind of bottom out at times, and still got young players with the draft, and then got the vets too. Yeah, you know, obviously the thing everyone's going to point to in the Hawks sort of uh, ability to become a contender, whereas the Bulls weren't able to or haven't been able to yet and they both started their rebuilds at the same time just hitting their draft picks better well right but it's like trey is the flashpoint yeah. there he's the superstar but what i wanted to say is that whereas the bulls totally whiffed on all these other picks the hawks got john collins at 19 yeah the hawks got kevin herter at 19 uh you know a Kongu is playing meaningful yeah. playoff minutes for him they were able to hunter's, make hunter's pretty good up. Hunter in hurt. Reddish, I mean, you don't really know yet. Both those guys have had so many injury issues young in their career. But Hunter was on his way to a breakout season this year yep. before he gets hurt. So, uh, you know, the Bulls are in such a poor position, or they have been in such a poor position to this point, because they just whiffed on so many draft picks. If Lowry would have looked like the guy we thought he was when he was a rookie, right. you know, there was a time when even like maybe before this season or definitely before last season, before the 1920 season, like Lowry versus John Collins was a legit debate. Who would you rather have? Right. Well, right. now it's no debate. No one wants Lowry. The Bulls can't even <laughs> probably trade him for a late first round pick. They might not even be able to get an early second round pick for him. So uh, the Hawks just hit on their picks. The Bulls drafted Chandler Hutchison and the Bulls drafted. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bobby Portis, who's on a minimum contract, but is playing decent for the Bucks now. The Bulls drafted, uh, you know, Wendell Carter, who they have. Okay, you go, you go, you Denzel go. Denzel Valentine, who you, is you terrible. Trade, so. You trade Jimmy and you go Lowry, Wendell, Kobe. Wendell's gone, or Lowry is going to be gone. Wendell is gone. Obviously, you got Vooch out of it, but still. Kobe is hurt right now. The jury's out. He's struggled a bit. Some flashes, but jury's still out, and he's hurt. Like, you go... You you go into the rebuild, and this is what you come out with so far. And then obviously Patrick Williams, we'll see. Very young. Hopefully he'll be good. But yeah, when you go into a rebuild, but this is all you come out with through the drafts. Uh, it does not help. It's you don't when you're not adding good players like that. And then obviously they've made some okay 
Trade and signings, but nothing like super substantial. You make the Vucevic trade. You're hoping that will be the a substantial move that will move you forward. But I mean, it's no surprise that they haven't really stepped forward when the young guys that they've added to this team have not been very good. All right, we we both got to go, so we're going to wrap this up pretty quick. But we should touch on the Olympic stuff. Yes. Zach Levine yeah. is an Olympian. Hell yeah, that rules. I'm super excited to watch Zach in Tokyo. Uh, Team USA has a bunch of bucket getters on the team. Booker's on the team. Bradley Beal is on the team. The ultimate bucket getter, Kevin Durant, is on that team. Damian Lillard as well. You got Jason Tatum. So like, what I've noticed from looking at that roster is that they don't have a lot of facilities. And they do have a lot of guys who could be comfortably described as a walking bucket. Levine fits into that. I do wonder, like, what sort of role is he going to have on this team? Is he going to play any sort of meaningful minutes? Because I would guess not. I would guess he'd be more like an end of bench guy. Uh, that is just my guess. But I mean, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe it'll depend on like how things like work out in training camp. I, guess, I know we'll see. Like the guy, like I know, like Booker, whatever, going to the finals. He says he's going to play. If he's going to go straight from the finals to the Olympics, like right after that, uh, we'll see. My guess would be that like Zach was probably one of the last guys added to the roster. Uh, I mean, Jeremy. And that, and that he probably won't play that much. But, I mean, just the experience in general will be awesome. I mean, the Team USA stuff, just getting to practice with all these guys, getting the, with Pop as the coach, uh, the relationship building. I mean, something we've talked about is just, like, doing any recruiting. Uh, maybe he needs to go hit up Dame Lillard. Be like, yo, come to Chicago. Uh, just talking with all these other guys, just building those relationships and, uh, getting in there for even future future uh, Team USA stuff, whether it's the the FIBA stuff, whether it's the Olympics, uh, it's just I think it's gonna be a great experience for him. So it's definitely awesome and a pleasant surprise because I was wondering, uh, seeing some of the other, the other names that were on, like oh, like you know, like Zach should be kind of be in this conversation. So I was so I was curious if he was going to be like a part of this. And I know I saw that. I think, I don't know if it was Jerry Colangelo, I think, talked about just, like, how excited he was. It's like, he's actually been able to play on a team that actually wins some damn games. Because when was the last time Zach Levine's actually played on a winning team? Uh, even if he doesn't play that much, like, I think it, it'll be great. It'll be an awesome experience. And hopefully, it'll be a good experience for the Bulls. I know a pessimist might say, oh, well, other teams might try to recruit, or other guys might try to recruit Zach to their team since he's about to, to be a free agent. I'll try to look on the bright side of things here and uh, say that, uh, that he'll be doing the recruiting for the Bulls. But either way, again, uh, should be an awesome experience for him, and I'm super happy for him that he'll actually get a chance to win, to be on a winning team. Yeah, very cool, very fun. We're happy for Zach. And then Patrick Williams is going to go to I think, the training camps in Vegas, and he's going to train with the U.S. Select team, uh, which is a team mostly made up of first, second, and third-year NBA players. They're going to be going against uh, the Olympians to prepare them for Tokyo. So... Good for Pat making that team. He's also going to, you know, get some exposure and some high level uh, opportunities in just being on that select team. Like that'll be a good experience for him. Uh, and very excited for Zach. Well, deserved. somebody did ask about Patrick Williams since he's on the select team. Does that mean he can't play summer league? I can't remember how this timing, I mean, because obviously that's all in Vegas and I can't remember how this, all this timing works out because it's all in August, all in Vegas. And Summer League is in the beginning of August, I believe. So I'm curious if Patrick Williams will be in Summer League. I feel like he'd get maybe a chance to play some Summer League games. Like I said, I'd have to look up at the schedule, I think, to see if he get a chance. Because I would like to see Patrick Williams play with the Bulls in Summer League again. I know it doesn't necessarily mean that much, but 
Uh, he didn't get a summer league to play last year, so it'd be nice yeah. to see him get that chance this year. It would be nice to see if like he could be the star, right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Actually, let him be the point guard in summer league and see what happens. Like your lead offensive initiator, yeah. you know, let him loose. where they run the offense through him. That would be fun. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Colin, for coming and hanging out with us. Appreciate that, bro. Uh, Zach, gold medal, love it. Uh, thank you, everyone else who swung by for this. And yeah, I'm ready to sign off if you are, Jason. You can do that honor. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing else. Uh, we some of the other questions that people asked us, we kind of uh, at least one of them. We talked about all the stuff, some of this, all this movement and stuff like that. Uh, so thank you to everyone who just made comments, questions, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll obviously have plenty to talk about here as time goes on. Uh, so yeah, that'll be a, it, us it for us here at Cash uh, again. As always, if you heard some of this. You want to hear the whole thing? We will. Uh, this will be up on our podcast feed later. Um, obviously, there is a game tonight. This, like I said, will probably be uh, up after the game. We got Hawks Bucks game five tonight. We have the Suns already in the NBA Finals, so we will see what uh, see who the Suns will be playing. Uh, so, but as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network uh, with the playoffs come uh, playoffs finishing up here. So we're getting to the NBA Finals, cutting into the off season. Well, there'll be tons of talk. Obviously, the offseason is always a ton of fun with the draft. Even though the Bulls don't have a first-round pick, uh, the draft is always fun. Maybe they trade in the offseason with trades, player movement. That's always great stuff to talk about. We'll be talking about it here all the time here. And so will all the other great podcasts across the Blue Wire Network. So please go check those out for other teams as well. If you are interested in listening to other basketball talk, tons of great pods. Uh, They do a lot of stuff here on Green Room as well and just the regular pod in general. Uh, for us here at Cash Considerations, as always, please hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit us up, give, the, give us those ratings wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. For Twitter, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Have a happy 4th of July weekend. We will probably do our next pod probably next week after the, after the holiday weekend. But everybody else, please have a good and safe 4th of July weekend. We'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.